Welcome, folks. Welcome back again for another Saba School lesson uh, with the podcast here today. Uh, thank you for being here, um, and we are all glad to be here. Uh, we have Dave with us again. Hey, Dave, man. thank you for like for it being or here. not, yes. you get me. <laughs> oh, we like it. We, we like it. Yeah, exactly. And Ricky, uh, we love you. We're glad you're back, and we're glad you're well now. And um, you know, Ricky, you're feeling kind of bad today. I know your brother was in an accident, and you had some, you know, whole bunch of things happen. And but praise the Lord that your brother's fine. You know? Amen. No, the Lord took care of all of it. Yeah. All of it. Yeah, yeah amidst, amidst all of the calamities. You know, the devil's mad. But, you know, the Lord is also using these as opportunities to reach people. And, you know, when we see bad things happen to people, a lot of times that gives them, a, you know, that, that, you know, that notion in their heart to reach out to God. And Many times I've prayed for my, my son and my grandson in particular that God would open their eyes to what he has for them. And I hate to say it, but I say, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. You know? I was I was afraid to pray that prayer for a long, long time with yeah. my boys. And I've been praying that prayer, but, you know, I've just been reminded that God is gentle, and he's loving, and he's, uh -huh. he's, he's watchful, and whatever he allows is calculated, you mm. know? Yes. And it's all for, you know, I mean, it, it's for our betterment and for his glory and... Yeah. And then through the whole thing, even like uh, my sister, my uh, stepsister, she had, they, she's been having problems in there, went to take bone marrow from her, and they couldn't find bone marrow, and they tried it like four different times, and finally, uh, finally, she was going in yesterday too, as well as all the other stuff that was going on, and uh, me and my stepsister, we pray every morning and stuff, and we've been praying about it. You know that nothing serious or whatever, and we're praying it. But in my mind, I'm thinking, "Oh, I know we're praying it, but it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good." And lo and behold, it's no cancer in there or anything. And it's just like the Lord helps me through it as well to say, "Hey, I can do anything, <laughs> Ricky. I can do anything." I had a professor in college. Uh, one of my favorite professors taught Bible. Uh, my freshman year, and this man had whatever the last stage cancer was. I mean, he was he was a dead man walking. So mm -hmm. they told him, he said, you have two months at the most. His church got together and prayed and prayed and prayed. And the next visit, they couldn't find a trace of it. <laughs> yes. And I then he became my professor. <laughs> Praise uh, the Lord. Is that a that's good awesome. example? Yes, oh. that's awesome. Wow. And he does that, and I, I think he does that for us. Just, he doesn't always do it. No, but he, he doesn't does, always yeah, do it. Yeah, he knows. Yeah, yeah he knows he what'll knows. work and what won't. And you know, and for, you know, and oftentimes, you know, we we see people in their sins and everything's going fine and nothing ever seems to go wrong. Well, maybe that's God's way of just giving them a good life, knowing that this, this is, is all they have. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And so, God is loving. God is good, and that's just something that we have to constantly focus on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, but that's tough to do, it, you know, and we had a whole lesson on trials and tribulations, didn't we? And, um, and we covered all that stuff pretty good. Um, this week's lesson is Lesson 5, The Resurrection Before the Cross. Um, we don't have a giveaway this week. I wish we did. But uh, you guys, if you guys, uh, any of those past giveaways that we offered, you guys can, they're all still available. You can reach us at prophecymontana at gmail.com. 
reach out to us for prayer. You know, we'll, we'll pray for you if you guys have special needs or something. Pray for us, too. Um, you know, that's important. <laughs> very we, important. You know, we're very much uh, in need of prayer as well, as, just as much as anybody else. Um, now, we had somebody that was uh, supposed to teach a lesson today, and, and they had to back out due to some family issues. But um, So we're just kind of winging this today. We're just going to go through the lesson. We're just going to kind of read it. We're going to go slow. And... Um, you know, um, so I was some, brought in as a designated reader. That's right. <laughs> You're more than a reader, but that's how we that's how we got him in here. Oh, now he's here. Now we're going to make more out of him. Just Thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, should we open? Yes, let's open with prayer, Mickey. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your blessings, your love. We thank you for bringing us together on your holy day, my Lord. We pray it be a blessing, and we pray that you be with this podcast and you. We pray that your words will be in our mouth, my Lord. Um, and thank you that Dave, you uh, brought Dave in, my Lord. Uh, it was going to be kind of lonely, just me and Carrie. Uh, and uh, we're grateful and thankful. And I just pray that your spirit will lead us. And I pray that uh, you be with all those who are watching and listening, my Lord. And uh, we pray that your spirit be with them as well, Father. If it be your will, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Ricky. Amen. Thank you, thank you. Okay, well, we have a memory text, and it uh-huh. is uh, John eleven twenty five and 26. And um, I'll go ahead and start this off. Uh, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die forever. Do you believe this? Okay, and that's uh, the LEB. What's the LEB? The, the, I really don't know. What does that stand for? L-E-D. L-E-B. L-E-B. There's, there's I'm so not familiar many. with that. English that, Bible? <laughs> in something English Bible, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so many different versions. <coughs> um, of course, if, if you got it in the King James, I'd like to hear it out of that one. Okay. Uh, John, I'm sorry. Well, we, got, we brought our reader with us. We can have him do it. Well, I don't have King James. I have New King James. Oh, you have New King James. New King James. Oh. And so you want 25 and 6? Yeah, let's or hear it out of the New King James. 25 and 6 or 26? Yeah, let's do them both. Okay. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And 26 says, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Uh, this is a, this is kind of a dichotomy here. Uh, the first uh, verse twenty five says that though he may die, he shall live, and then the very next verse says he shall never die. Amen. <laughs> well, now what is that all about? Yeah. Shall die, and then you shall never die. Sounds like a Jesus talks about two kinds of death in Scripture. One is the thing that we call death, which is really asleep. Uh, And the other thing that he talks about is the death or the final death where the people who are not saved are eliminated. They cease to exist. That's the second death. That is the second death. That's the one to worry about. That's the one we need to worry about. And... um, it, you know, we often we often talk about this, but you know, the question is, is what death did Jesus die? Did he die the first death, or did he die the second death? You know, he must have died the second death, right? Because that's the punishment. That's the ultimate punishment for sinners. 
And so he took the punishment for sinners. Now he he died the death that nobody comes back from, but he's he's back. Yeah. Now, yeah. now how in the world did that happen? You know, that's a big Oh, by the way, Bertha, where's that um do you still have that on your on your phone? So that uh L E B version, um actually uh, just for you guys at home, is the Lexham English Bible. Hmm. It's an online Bible released by Logos Bible Software. The New Testament was published in October 2010 and has an audio narration spoken by Marv Allen. Hmm. Anyways, That's one I haven't heard of. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I mean, there's a lot of them out there, some some better than others, right, Ricky? Hmm. And, yeah, I wish, you know, I wish that we used to do the old King James yeah, I really do. I but. used to memorize a lot of texts, and, and it was always from the King James. Yeah. And so now when I read it out of something, even as close to the King James as the new King James, I'm confused. I, 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 can't, I can't say it the way I learned it. <laughs> uh, well, and that's me. I've, I've, I've read so many, and you know, not that so much that I've memorized it, but I've heard these texts over and over again a thousand times. And then you know, when you read them out of a strange version, it mm-hmm. almost seems like you're not even quoting the text anymore at some yeah. point. You know, but it listen, folks, it's always best to have that King James as a backup and and even the strongest concordance as um right you know right. It, it, as even you know to 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 further uh define study and and study because word study is important i mean some yeah. you know like we know like you, you know the study of death sometimes people will take the the cross and you know that one quotation where it says, "Today you shall be with me in paradise." You can you can prove anything you want from Scripture. Yep. But if you let Scripture interpret itself, that's right. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, Good point. The, Isaiah told us the way to study the Scripture is line upon line, precept on precept, line upon line, precept on precept. A preponderance of evidence. Well, how do you get that? And you brought that up. The the strong. Exhaustive Concordance of the Bible. It's a book about that thick, a great big thing in tiny print, and you can look up any word or phrase that you can think of that is Scripture-related, and it will list for you all the places in Scripture that talk about that word or phrase. And it gives you an that exhaustive way. Yes, definition of all of those words. That is the way words. to study Scripture. Yeah, it is, 100%. And, and context is everything. Like, yeah, like when you're yes. hearing Jesus talking about uh, Lazarus um, and uh, the rich man and Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people have taken that to mean that you burn forever in hell. <laughs> but, you know, the Bible also tells us that Jesus only spake to the people in parables. Mm. So you have to kind of reckon this with the context of a parable. And if it's a parable, mm-hmm. then he's speaking, you know, specifically to perhaps how the people believed at the time, and he's using he's using imagery that Things they can, that they recognize that they recognize then, yeah. and so um, he also I, spoke in object lessons. Uh, object lesson, in, in case you have forgotten, you have two entities: you have a teacher and you have a student. The teacher uses some subject that the student is familiar with to teach him something totally different. Mm-hmm. That's very important to okay. understand. Okay. Uh, object lessons he uses a lot. And being a teacher, you understand that yeah, principle yeah. pretty well, <laughs> you know. And so, it, you know, and a lot of people don't get that. You know, these object lessons, you could take one scenario, like for example, when the prophet came to David, and he he gave the example of one man who owned uh, just one sheep, and he loved that one sheep, and then there was another man who owned many sheep. Hmm. 
but the one who owned many sheep wanted his sheep, his one sheep. <laughs> and so, and then David became indignant and mad. And he says, you know, this man must pay the uttermost, you know, and seven not. times <laughs> it must fall back upon him. And, <laughs> and uh, then the prophet, you know, sadly looked upon David and said, you are this man. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, and it taught the lesson well, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so that object lesson. So, um, Back to the lesson here, speaking of lessons, the Old Testament references to the resurrection that we have looked at so far were largely based on personal expectations. And it lists uh, Job 19, 25 through 27, um, and Hebrews eleven seventeen through 19, and several other verses. Uh, maybe I'll have uh, Dave read uh, Job 19, 25 through 27, and if you want to get Hebrews eleven seventeen through 19. Okay, give me that reference again, Job, what? 19. 19. Mm-hmm. 25, 26, and 27. 25 through 27. 19. 25 through 27. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth, And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, how my heart yearns within me. He says, I shall see God in my flesh. That's interesting. I thought he he was going to be a spirit separated from the body and (laughs) all this kind of business. (laughs) Uh, that gives us a little key as to the context of the resurrection, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. Important um, key, actually. Very important key. It, it is. Um, c- because even after Jesus was resurrected, he was walking through walls. He was appearing before pet people. I mean, he was doing all these things that apparently only spirits can do. But he says, touch me. Mm-hmm. See if I'm not flesh and blood. Yeah. So this new body we get is going to be extraordinary. It's going to mm-hmm. be awesome. <laughs> and we're going to be able to do things that we don't, you know, and it's all... And we, I know you and I talk about this a lot. I, I would say something like it's all in the context of science. You know, it's all it's all within the laws of of you know our our known. Um, well, not maybe our known. Maybe these are laws that are unknown. God but is they're the all God within of the context he of laws. Make anything happen. Yeah. He, he, by the way, he invented science. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So. God, he's in control. He can he's do in all control. Things. And then we have Hebrews eleven seventeen through, or excuse me, eleven seventeen through nineteen. Do you have that one, Ricky? Yes, sir. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. So promise after promise. You know, I wonder how many promises about the resurrection there are in the Bible. There must be a ton of them. I mean, David mm-hmm. had a ton of them, too. It lists uh, several Hola. texts here in Psalms I, as well. I, I, you didn't I read the whole thing? 19. Oh, sorry. According, according that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead... From whence also he received him in a figure. Important part, I'm sorry. <laughs> Abraham was a man of faith. He, he knew that even if he went through with this slaying of his son, that God could raise him up again. Amen. Mm. Amen. Wow. Could I do that? Oh. Mm, that'd be tough. That would be tough. It had to be faith. It had to be yeah. faith. 
Yeah. Because yeah. Isaac, he made the promises to God. I mean, God made the promises to him that Isaac would be the one. He was the one of promised. He was the one with then to offer him. Well, Abraham, Man, I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, that he took this faith lightly. He had the knife in his hand and ready to go. He sure did. And the angel stopped him. He was know? ready to go. You know, it was said um, once before, um, I, I heard somebody say it once, that, you know, had Abraham, it, you know, for some of us, we might have thought maybe that would be a good idea to maybe consult your wife at this point, you know, it, mm. you know. God says, take your son up on the mountain. You're like, oh, I better run this by Sarah real quick. Yeah. You know, that might not have been a good idea. But see, Abraham, he just took Isaac and he went up on the mount and just, you know, I mean, I don't know if he consulted Sarah or not, but probably not. I mean, I don't know. It, it doesn't say that he did. I think Ellen White talks about it. Does she? Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe she brought that up. Well, what maybe is that's our first responsibility, regardless of our relationship with any human? Is our... First and foremost that's with number, God. That's number one. Yeah, and that's a that's a perfect point. I mean, when it comes to obeying God, you don't ask yeah. others. Yeah. You don't bring it in counsel before others. Now, if you're unclear about what God wants you to do, there's there's sometimes where you know, and the Bible talks about in the multitude of counsel, there's safety. Yeah. You know, yeah. so there's times when we have to, you know, talk about things, and even we're counseled in the Bible to take things before you know, fellow believers at times, you know, like with disputes or something, you know. Believers. Yeah, believers. That's the important part right there, Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. non-believers. And, and, you know, the church is set up very well for this, isn't it? I mean, we have um, church boards, we have have elders, we have people, you know, that, you know, are on staff, if you will, to to listen and to counsel appropriately um, with their wisdom that they've learned over the years. Mm Um, all right, let's jump to Sunday, the resurrection of Moses. Now, um, all of these things are giving us hope. It's given me hope because if Jesus can, he's, many people have been resurrected, not everybody, but there's been a lot of resurrections, hasn't there? Yeah, that, that brings up a point that, that has hit me. I, I hear people say all the time, why do, you, why do you read this book? It's written by a bunch of old dead men. Well, if you read this book and study it and compare it to actual history, these people in this book existed. This, is, right. a, this is not a bunch of fairy tales. No, these people have a spot in history, and it's provable through our history books. It's provable through archaeology. They're exactly. finding more and more all the time. Yeah. yeah. What they say for years that David didn't exist, and then they found some sure. ancient scrolls that had receipts that David had, you know, yeah. okayed or whatever that, that they do put their mark on. And then the story of Daniel, they thought for sure that the Bible was written, you know, afterwards. Right. And then, then, then as soon as the boy found the Dead Sea Scrolls, it proved them wrong, you mm-hmm. know, that... Yeah, well, and even if it had been written afterwards, when was it written afterwards? Because it's talking about modern history that's still unfolding to this day. Did they write it in the 1800s? Did they write it in the 1700s, <laughs> the 1500s? When did they write it? Because you can choose any of those dates and things are still happening. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it, the, it doesn't hold up to the critics. They've often said that the Bible is the anvil that has worn out many hammers. You know, there's been a lot of people that have tested and tried biblical truth and biblical facts to no avail. Yeah. And now they've just uh, 
decided to just throw it out all together and just say God doesn't exist, and that's that. No, it makes it easier for them. You know, and then they have because these... they can't fight against them. <laughs> yeah, <get> rid of them. <laughs> yeah, and then they have these high-powered scientists, high-powered and air quotes. You know, and they'll they'll start talking about billions and trillions of years and how we finally proven that there. You know, there doesn't have to be a God. I was listening to something the other day. You know, I was like, oh man, <laughs> and it's so convoluted and r- ridiculous when you're listening to these theories because that's all they are is yeah. theories. Yeah. Well, the Bible's a theory too, but like Dave pointed out. It's a, it's a it's a theory that makes a whole lot more sense. It's you got provable history, you got you know people that really existed, um, and it all stands up to the test. And I don't know about you guys. I I know when I read the Bible, God talks to me. It's mm. so cool, and it's just like with answers or questions or whatever I may have or been going through, and I'll read stuff and I'll read stuff that related to it. Or that will be going on in church, you know. I don't know. I, I just figured I wasn't the only one. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Listen, they said the biggest evidence of a God is in changed lives. Exactly. You know, what else can change lives the way God can? Yeah. You it's see awesome. people, you know, they put they put the bottle down, they put the drugs down, they, they you know, they put their violence away, they put their, everything, you know, is is healed. Mm-hmm. But he talks. It's like he talks to you. It's like the Word. You can connect with the Word. I know when I was addicted to meth, and I got off of it, and alcohol, and all the other crud, uh, Psalms. Psalms was awesome. It was power, and it was power over the evil spirits. Uh, it, it's, Psalms is very, very powerful, mm-hmm. and that helped me through the whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, you really struggled with some evil spirits too. I mean, you know, I've I've got your testimony on the on the prophecy of Montana as well, and yeah, some testimony. But uh, the resurrection of Moses. So some Greek church fathers from Alexandria argued that when Moses died, two Moseses were seen: one alive in the spirit, another dead in the body. One Moses ascending to heaven with angels, and the other buried in the earth. And they give a reference: uh, Clement of Alexandria. Stramata uh, on Joshua 2.1, Clement of... Wait a minute. <clears throat> Let me reread that. Uh, Stramata 6.15, the distinction between the assumption of the soul and the burial of the body might make sense to those who believe in the Greek concept of the immortal soul, but the idea is not in the Bible. All right. That goes back to what you guys were saying on uh, last time you guys talked about The last time the we were talking about the difference between the term spirit and soul, they are not interchangeable. Most people think they are because the Bible talks about the, the soul that, became, that man became in Genesis. Uh, God knelt down. He, he built Adam's body out of the dust of the ground. He breathed into him the breath of life, which is spirit, and man became a living soul. He wasn't given a living soul that goes on forever. He became one. And when those two entities are separated, the soul ceases to exist. So it's, uh, yeah, and, and you made the, the um, again, you were using, um, uh, what's the word? Um, you an use an, illu- an, an analogy, an illustration of a box. Of a box, yeah. You yeah, have the pieces, the planks of wood, and you have the nails. It's just planks and woods and nails. There's no box until you assemble the box, and then yes. there's a box. 
Okay, the same is true with the soul. Yeah, and, and so uh, if you just if you take them apart again, put them in their separate piles, what happened to the box? The same thing that happens to the soul, it ceases to exist. It's no longer a box. It's no longer a soul. And, you know, and so we don't get or gain, I should say, we don't gain immortality until that final day, until God comes and resurrects us. Hopefully you'll be in the first resurrection. Hopefully I'll be in the first resurrection. Amen. That's our hope, right? Yeah. Uh, because God has promised it. We believe him. Mm-hmm. And it's really our decision. The decision is up to us whether or not we're in that first resurrection. We do not want to be in the second resurrection. Everybody's going to get resurrected, but one will be to life, one will be to damnation. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, and that's what this lesson is pointing out here. You but know? not at the same time. Uh, that's a, yeah, that's a good a point. study for another day. Yeah, study for another day, but, but Dave is right. So these, these happen a thousand years apart from one another. Amen. So. So there's no confusion as to which one's which. No. <laughs> um, so we have the Greek, uh, you know, philosophies, philosophical ideas, which have morphed into the modern paganism that we know nowadays. And, and it's morphed into the modern Christianity, actually, hasn't it? Oh, yes, yes. From its inception, practically. Uh, first three or four centuries uh, after Christ, when the church was, was growing exponentially, in order to draw people in, they not only drew the people, but they drew their belief systems into the church, uh, notably the Greeks. Mm. Uh, this business about the immortal soul is Greek mythology. That's where it came from. It does not come from this book. <laughs> it's not there. No. <laughs> no. No. So if you're a Christian and you believe these things, go back to the book. Right. The, the book will straighten you out. Right. Yeah. You know, that's the bottom line. Get it, that, this, get that uh, exhausted concordance out and read all of the evidence before you make a decision. Yeah, and if you want to choose the spirit over the book, you know, question which spirit that might be. A lot of people do it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you can say, well, the spirit is leading me. Well, how do you know which spirit unless... There's many spirits out there. There's many spirits, you know. And that's the only way that we're supposed to test them is by the word. Yeah. If they go according to the word. To the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this... It is because there is no light in them. That's Isaiah. Yeah. You know that uh, some Adventists have actually been criticized, and, and some Christians in the past, I shouldn't just say Adventists, but some Christians have been criticized in the past as well as some Adventists today, that we go by the Bible too much. It's just Bible, 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 Bible. <laughs> Don't, can't you guys talk about... I've actually had people say that to me. Believe mm. it or not. Well, just just tell me what you think. You don't have to constantly be quoting the Bible, you know. It does not matter what I think. It matters what he said. That's it. Amen. It made me think when you were saying that. He, people don't like it because it cuts. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Yeah, and don't forget. I mean, it cuts us too. It's cutting me a lot of times, and it don't feel good. Uh, <laughs> it don't feel good. I mean, when you're reading something in there, and it, boom, it hits home, and you're just like, oh, oh man. Not another battle. I didn't need that. Actually, I did need that, but boy, that just should. <laughs> you know. Um, you guys are laughing because you know what I'm talking about. So, um, all right. So, a clear evidences of Moses's resurrection is found at the transfiguration. Okay. There Moses appeared with the prophet Elijah. Now, there is a verse in the Bible that talks about the resurrection of Moses and how Satan um, disputed, yeah, mm. contested over this body. Now, why would he contest over the body of Moses? What would be his angle? 
Well, Moses was a sinner. Moses is mine. That's, that's his that's his whole mantra. These people belong to me because they sin. Yep, maybe that's what he's going to try with us too. Oh, and and sure. and and who won that battle? Jesus Michael? won it. <laughs> Jesus, Michael. Yeah. So yeah. so Jesus won that battle. He he resurrected Moses anyways. Yeah. He says, "Get behind me, they get behind me, Satan." And there could have been another angle too because Jesus hadn't died for the sins of mankind yet. Uh-huh. But God's uh-huh. promises are so powerful, they even superseded the actual event yeah. itself. Yeah. So um, so he was able to do that legally under the rules of engagement. Okay, a, lot of, a lot of uh, what I hear out there, too, is that our salvation is based on Jesus' death on the cross. And I kind of, you know, I don't really buy into that. My salvation is based on the fact that he rose from the dead. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, his death was important yeah, because absolutely. he paid the price. But had he not risen, that my would, salvation would be worthless. Oh, my goodness. You know what, Dave? That is so important for us to remember because what would be, okay, so our sins are forgetting, mm-hmm. uh, forgiven, but we're not going to resurrect. Right. What's, right. How does that help us? Yeah. yeah. How does that help us at all? Oh, that there's resurrection. No hope. There's no hope. Might as well do whatever we want to do, mm. not even try. And that resurrection, it translates into our resurrection, into our new life as well. Yeah. And so that past of sin that we leave behind, that death of the old and the birth of the new, mm. you know, this is something that we need to medita- meditate upon as well. Because we have to leave the old man behind. We have to bury it, you know, with Christ yep. and, uh, and be resurrected anew. Amen. So... Um, so Moses was not allowed to enter the earthly Canaan, and that's found in Deuteronomy 34, 1 through 4, but was taken into the heavenly Canaan. What does this teach us about how God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us? That's a good point. He didn't get to go to the earthly Canaan. That was a disappointment for Moses. But And people, you even tell people, and they're like, oh, geez, that isn't fair. He did all this. He did not... But God took him to the heavenly one. He took him to the better one. I mean, the much better one. Okay, Moses, you struck the rock twice. I can't let you get away with that. All right, so now you can't enter the Canaan. All right? That seems... the land of milk and honey. All that Moses did, now he couldn't go in. But like you said... This was God's punishment that He took uh, him to the better one. I think. Excuse I think me. God, I'll take the punishment of God. Right. <laughs> I believe God has a soft spot in His heart for special people. Mm. Moses was one of those special people. Oh, he yeah, could not yeah. bear not to have him there with him. Of course, That's amazing not. to me. Uh, we're also told that when Jesus ascended to heaven, there were what forty people that went with him. Yeah, there was. A, yeah, yeah, there was. Um, and that's something that a lot of people don't understand. See, when Jesus died at the cross, the graves were opened, it said. Mm. And many of the saints which slept arose. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how many, what the, what the ratio was of those who were resurrected and went to heaven with Christ or those who were already there and never tasted of death and went with, to heaven with Christ. How many of those 40? I, don't, I have no idea. Well, it's interesting, and I've often thought, too, Dave, here's another angle. Um, what about John the Baptist? Do you think he might have been one of them? Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. It's possible, right? Oh, no. I mean, We aren't given a list. <laughs> because here you are. Um, let's say you're living in this time when Jesus was crucified, huh. 
And then all of a sudden, you see this guy walking around. Oh, I'm such and such. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't really have any pictures of such and such and so and so. So how do I know you're who you say you are? But on the other hand, if John the Baptist is walking... Now, this isn't in the Bible. I, I want to be perfectly clear about this. This is just my my little brain at work here. But But if John the Baptist was resurrected, he could confirm these things. This is so-and-so. Well, oh. I know this is so-and-so because you're John the Baptist, and I just seen your head on that platter the other day. <laughs> I know you weren't alive, <laughs> and now you're alive. Well, it was amazing enough that these that these people, that Christianity spread like wildfire. Jesus lit a flame that was to never be put out again. Well, it was never put out anyways, but this flame was to really burn brightly for many years and burns to this day. So <clears throat> on Monday, two Old Testament cases. All right, so let's look up 1 Kings 17, 8 through 24. <clears throat> First Kings seventeen eight through twenty four and Ricky, you want to get Second Kings four eighteen through thirty seven. Sure. So First Kings seventeen eight through twenty four, and Second Kings four eighteen through thirty seven. Yeah, I have the first one. First Kings seventeen verses eight through the end of the chapter. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. Sound like they were in dire straits. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So he went away. And did according, so she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he had spoke by Elijah. Now it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick. And his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. So she said to Elijah, What have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to kill my son? And he said to her, Give me your son. So he took him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his own bed. 
Then he cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodge by killing her son? And he stretched himself out on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came back to him, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord is in your mouth is the truth. Amen. You know, I'm kind of big into typology, as you guys probably mm. know. What does this story remind you of? And what do the symbols in here represent? I mean, this was a story that really happened. Mm-hmm. It was a true story. I believe it was a true story. But there's some representation to something more going on here. What could possibly be going on? We're talking about bread and oil. And there was a widow. And there was a, she had a son. The widow had a son. And the church? Are you thinking <laughs> of the church? Yeah. Oh. And what is the what is the, the flour and the water, or the flour and the oil? The, the bread would be Jesus, right? The Word of God. And then the oil, definitely the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit. And the widow is, is the church yeah. who's... Now, she said, have you brought my sin before me? She, mm-hmm. you know, she was thinking maybe her son had perished because of the sin that she had committed. What sin was that, probably? Maybe he was illegitimate? We don't really know. We don't really know. But in that culture, it was quite common for people to blame people who were going through troubles that their sin had caused it. Mm. Uh, We don't tend to do that as much anymore in these days, although I have seen it happen. But uh, that was very prevalent in that culture. I see. Um, do you think that maybe, I mean, but she probably really did have a sin that she was maybe covering and was she thought was brought forth. And mm. But, you know, like you said, that may, may or may not have anything to do with the death of the child. But nonetheless, the child was resurrected. Now, who would this child represent? <laughs> Jesus, of course. <laughs> it would have to represent Jesus, right? Yeah. You know, and because of her sin, the child perishes right did you guys catch that part yeah yeah and so um but the child was resurrected and brought to life again so that's the part i saw that was good (laughs) what i saw was that this was a, a real demonstration to her of who this god that elijah was serving was all about or what he was all about same as as in the case of lazarus it showed everyone who knew and loved Lazarus that Jesus had the power over life and death. Yeah. And here again, we're seeing the same thing. Yeah, you know, uh, technology is a great thing, right? I mean, we all love our technology. We got, we got radios, we got phones, we got cars, we got planes and jets and, you know, spaceships. But what good is all that if we don't have the resurrection? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus has something that everybody needs Mm -hmm. because nobody's going to live forever. Mm -hmm. All right, let's read the other one. (coughs) 18 through 37? Yeah. 
And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said unto his father, My head, my head. And he said to the lad, Carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses, and I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she says, It shall be well. Then she saddled an ass and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is the Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. And when she came to the man of God, to the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is vexed, is vexed within her, and the Lord hath hid it from me, and hath not told me. Then she said, Did I desire a son, my Lord? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, Gird up thy loins, and take my staff in thy hand, and go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not. And if any salute thee, answer him not again. And lay my staff upon the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. And Gehazi passed on before them, and laid the staff upon the face of the child. But there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore he went again to meet him, and told him, saying, The child is not wakened. And when Elisha was come into the house, behold, the child was dead, and laid upon his bed. He went in, therefore, and shut the door upon them twain, and prayed unto the Lord. And he went up, and laid upon the Lord, and put his mouth upon his mouth, and his eyes upon his eyes his hands upon his hands, and he stretched himself upon the child, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and walked in the house, and to and fro upon, and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. To 37? 37, yeah. And he called Gehazi and said, Call this Shudamite. So he called her, and when she was come into him, he took up thy son. Then she went in and fell at his feet and bowed herself to the ground and took up her son and went out. 
Now, there was some discussion. Um, we were just talking um, one time, you know, the guys were just talking one time after church, and uh, this was in California at a different church I was at, and we got into this big old discussion about who this child might have actually grown up to become. <laughs> and do you think that this might have been, I mean, it was in the same time period. He, this very well could have been um, uh, Jonah, <laughs> the prophet who would later, you know, fall under the the sun the the hot sun and 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 fall faint from that as well you know (laughs) so i mean you know it it's just a curious little thing but um again you know just uh probably too much uh conjecture here but uh yeah i i like thinking these little little things as long as I keep it sanctified, right? Yeah, and then then it all when we all get to heaven, we'll every, figure it out for sure. Everything will be figured out. Yeah. But one of the things that I mean, we have several case studies in the Bible about people who were resurrected from the dead, and to me, that is just more proof that when we die, we don't go right to heaven. Because if that were the case, in all of these cases where these people were resurrected, God snatched them out of heaven and <laughs> yeah. brought them back here to earth. That yeah. wouldn't be a nice thing. What a horrible <laughs> trick. Well, that would have been so mean. <laughs> it's like, really, God? Thank you. And yeah. Thank you. You wanted yeah. me to be back here? Yes. <laughs> I was just getting used to this place up here, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, that would be. A bummer deal. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, but you're right. So they, when they fell asleep, you know, it was a blink of an eye, and here they are resurrected again mm-hmm. because they have no recollection of time, mm-hmm. you know. And so, um, which is good because who would want to sit in a grave for hundreds of years, you know, conscious, waiting for their Redeemer to wake them up? That'd be horrible. That'd be misery. God's not a God of misery. So, um, so let's read this in the lesson. It says the, um, so in Hebrews 11, we read that by faith, uh, woman received back their dead by resurrection. This was the case in the two resurrections depicted in the text for today. The first one we see in 1 Kings 17, 8, 8 through 24, tongue twister there, occurred during the great apostasy in Israel, which happened... Okay, so he's using typology here. Let's see where the lesson's going. So the first one in 1 Kings occurred during the great apostasy in Israel, which happened under the influence of the king Ahab and his pagan wife Jezebel as a severe drought was ravaging the land, God commanded Elijah to go to Zarephath, a town outside of Israel. There he met a poor Phoenician widow who was about to cook a last poultry meal for herself and her son and then die. But their lives were spared to the miracles of the flour and oil, which didn't turn out until the drought was over. Sometimes later, Sometime later, her son became sick and died. In despair, the mother pled with Elijah who cried to the Lord. The Lord listened to the voice of Elijah, and the life of the boy returned to him and revived. All right, and then the second story, uh, in the resurrection that took place in Shunem, a small village south of Mount Gilboa, Elisha had helped a poor widow to pay her debts through the miracle, filling many vessels with oil. Later, in, uh, in Shunem, he met a prominent married woman who had no children. The prophet told her that she would have a son, and it happened as, as predicted. The child grew and was healthy, and... Uh, but one day got sick and died. The Shunammite woman went to the Mount Carmel and asked Elisha to come with her to see her son Elisha. <clears throat> to see her son, Elisha prayed persistently to the Lord, and finally the child was alive again. 
So uh, these women had two different backgrounds, but the same um, saving faith. Okay, the Phoenician woman hosted the prophet Elijah in an extremely difficult time when there was no place for him in Israel, and the Shunammite woman and her husband built a special room where the prophet Elijah could stay while passing through their region. When the two children died, their faithful mothers appealed to those prophets of God and had the joy of seeing their children come to life again. You know, but again, it was the faith of the women that made, you know, that brought their children back, you know. Um, Now, was it necessarily the faith of the church that brought Jesus back? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. But it was the promise of God that brought Jesus back, and that's how powerful his promises are. And that's something that we have to never forget. His powerful, his promises were so powerful that it could almost, it, it, would, it worked pro bono for, would it be pro bono? How, how does that work? I, I or or, or in <laughs> retrospectively? I don't know. I'm just using words. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it in a dictionary, and it looked good, and I said, I want to use that word. <laughs> so, anyways... But the point of it is, is God's, God's promises are true, and we can trust them. All right, so. Amen. And it was like one of the women was during the hard times, and uh, the second woman, it was kind of during good times. So it's like whenever, you know, I mean, besides the sun dying and stuff like that. So whatever it is, if we're in famine, if we're in the time of plenty, I mean— we should always be connected with the Lord continuously. That's, that's correct. That's correct. Are you going to take a seat, Lisa, or are you just going to sit in the background? <laughs> See, she walked into the room here, and now we're going to put her on the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, so what important difference is there between what happened in this resurrection and the ones we looked at yesterday? I don't understand the question. What important difference is there between what happened in the resurrection? To me, they seem the same, <laughs> you know, yeah. almost identical. I mean, the only the only difference would be like in the situations. One is uh, the widow was going through a hard time, a famine, and the other one was during a good time. <laughs> so that's mm. the only difference I could. Yeah. Oh boy. Why don't you come over here and take a seat, Lisa? Yeah, Lisa. We. All right, we got Lisa. She's gonna join us. Yay! Okay. So, um, actually, this question was was sprung off of the verse Luke seventeen eleven through seventeen, and um, I can can I read that real quick? I'll have Dave read it. He's our reader. There you go. Wink, Disney. wink. <laughs> Luke <laughs> Luke seventeen. You say. Mm-hmm. Give yeah. me that text again. Seventeen. What? Uh, eleven through seventeen. Uh, no, Luke seven. Luke seven. Luke seven. Eleven through seventeen. Yeah. Luke seven. And eleven through seventeen. And it reads like this. Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, 
he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still, and he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak. And he presented him, him to his mother, and the fear came upon all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen up among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him went throughout all Judea and all the surrounding region. Okay, so Lisa, we're just going to catch you up real quick. We're talking about uh, the resurrection um, and, and how these promises— um, are giving us hope. And we just got through reading the story of Elijah and, and Elisha, wasn't it? One from Elijah and one from Elisha, how the, the those two boys were resurrected and, and how Elisha spread his hands out upon the other boy you were just telling me. So this week, that's all I did was, was listen to Ellen, Ellen G. White. And anyways, um, on uh, Prophets and Kings, there's like four or five, maybe six chapters. He um, went to a city and there was contaminated water and he threw salt in it and he made it drinkable. Jericho. This is, this is um, some, just some of the miracles. He also went to an academy um, school and the pottage was poisoned mm-hmm. and he, he, uh, he blessed it and people were, I mean, some people had actually died. And when uh, when he blessed it, it was edible and didn't kill anybody. Um, then he uh, um, he also spread himself over that little boy. But but before that, I wanted to say that woman knew he was of God, so she couldn't have any children. She was barren, and so she saw him pass by, and she thought maybe he would like to take up residence in her house and so they they built a little bit a little room that he can come and he was tired and he can tarry and he can stay there she knew that god would bless her with the son when that son got older uh in his teens he had we think he had a um because he was out in the field he was out and about doing his father's will when he became sick she put him on his bed and then when he sent a mantle and a guy, because she sent word, said, my son is seriously sick. He's not going to make it. When he heard about it, he just sent a servant with the mantle. And she said, I don't want the mantle. I want my son carried to his bed, and I want him here to bring my son back to life. So then he did come, and he put his eye on his eye, nose on his nose, arm on his arm, and he he brought that little boy back to life. He is a very special man. And then all those she bears that were that came out and, and got a hold of those. I've been hearing these stories all week. She's she's been just she's she's been on fire with just listening to this that stuff. Those wide varieties are awesome. It they, really they is. They are awesome. And it's just like yeah. wow. And then and then he wanted a double portion though when Elisha hmm. threw down his staff and his and his um um mantle mantle and. I mean, that's a courageous thing for him to want. He didn't want fame or fortune or anything. He just wanted... He just wanted that double portion of the Spirit. And, you know, he died 100% for a God's disciple. I mean, mm-hmm. we yeah. 
He didn't waver. We, uh, he didn't so, waver. I wanted to throw something at you real quick. When you were uh, telling about how the salt healed the waters, mm-hmm. what's a symbol for waters in the Bible? People. What are, people. 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 Mm. And who's the salt? We're the salt of the earth. Yeah. We're the salt of the earth. Oh. So how are the believe. people healed? Through the word. Through the salt. Through us. Through the believers. Through the believers. Yes. How we how we spread the word. We're like uh-huh. the salt. Isn't that cool? Yes, yes. Isn't that cool? Well, you remember, you remember in Exodus, <laughs> they threw a... Uh, Moses threw a branch in the bitter water. Uh-huh. And again. And that's a branch. <laughs> again, the branch healed the water. Yeah. Who's the branch? I am the vine, you are the branches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it says a branch would come from Jesse uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and, uh, and heal the nations. Wow. And so symbolism abounds. Symbolism. <laughs> How, who could make this stuff up? <laughs> no, Nobody could make it up. I mean, yeah. God God put this here. Mm-hmm. This is a work of God. And how much more is in there? I know. <laughs> this is just the we're just touching on the stuff. We're just touching. It's too it's too big. So, to, so he did like more like ten or twelve really major miracles, but between him and Elijah, they brought so many countless people to God. Yeah. So let me ask you, um, we got five minutes left, Lisa. Um, let me ask you, uh, what does the resurrection mean for you personally and the promise of the resurrection? How does that affect your everyday life? Well, it, it affects me in a manner where I want to live. I want to live for God. I, wanna, I want to, I don't want to be left here um, in this dark world. I mean, uh, this sinful world. I've seen enough sin. I've lived amongst it and and been sin myself, <laughs> sinful. I want something that's good. Have you ever had like someone just whine and dine you, like when you go to someone's home, and they just make you feel so special because you don't really have that. You you have your wife, you have your husband, but when you go somewhere and you. Even when you go out, it's kind of like that, I guess. Yeah, but you're talking about like a special moment. You like know, a special you, moment, yeah. and, and you cherish it. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what heaven is like, but every day. Mm. That's how I see it. Amen. Amen. And that'd be the new wine, right? Exactly. Yeah, that, yeah, I was gonna... <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, along with her mushrooms. <laughs> I'm never going to live that down. Uh, nor should you. No. <laughs> okay, we love you, Lisa. Yeah. I lived through it, but I'm not going to live it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, she ate what she thought was a puff ball, and uh, during our discussion, we were well, we were discussing drugs, and, she, and out of the blue, she's like, "I ate a mushroom the other day," <laughs> but it was a, I it was what? Yeah, <laughs> what? <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> we didn't know. <laughs> was this behind my back? <laughs> it was funny. It was perfect timing. It was. But uh, anyways, so um, so that wraps it up. We just didn't even make it to Wednesday, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, we got as far as we could with what we had, and. Um, we're just thankful that we we got that far, huh? But uh, thanks a lot, Ricky, for being here. Um, well, yeah, we're just thanks for having me, man. We're just so glad to have you back. And and Lisa, she showed up, and that's <laughs> we're just like we're a full team again <laughs> for and, ten uh, minutes. <laughs> we got Bertha; she's working away in the background. Let's not forget her. We get a shout out to her and um, How about and Mr. Dave here. Dave, Thank Dave, you, Dave. Saved the day. Thank you you, you kind of saved the day today. Yeah, yeah right. I just wanted to chime in on what this resurrection means to me. It makes me fearless. Amen. I, oh. I can go out there oh, and yeah. 
it does not matter what happens to me. You're immortal oh, until yeah, your yeah. days, yeah. Would until the true. Lord is done with you. And when the Lord's done with oh, you, that's still good, because he's going to put you to sleep, and you're just mm-hmm. going to rest, a nice little restful. The next thing you'll hear is his voice calling you forth from the grave. Amen. Mm-hmm. And what a wonderful sound that will be in the ears of the righteous. You know, so, hey, folks, don't forget to give us a thumbs up, uh, you know, hit that like button. Subscribe um, if you like this content. We put this out once a week, and, you know, we try to, at least we try to. Sometimes we have some technical difficulties and... And um, you know we don't always get to put it out every week, but we're we're about ninety five percent, I think at this point, which is <laughs> a pretty good percentage. And, and Lord willing, we'll even get better than that. Get so hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, we'll get a hundred percent. But uh, uh, thanks a lot. Don't forget to pray for us. Um, put comments in there. Did you guys agree with us? Disagree with us? Um, also, um, I wanted to mention we're also on Rumble and Spotify. You can watch us live if you're watching this later because we record it and put it on YouTube. Rumble and Spotify. But if you're watching this later, uh, we're live every Sabbath morning at nine o'clock Mountain Time uh, on Facebook. You'll have to go to the Facebook Belgrade uh, uh, SDA webpage. You know, don't forget we could pray for people too that that are in need. We could pray for their problems. Hundred percent. Yeah, we but all have. Problems. If you guys have a prayer request or something you'd like to, you know, for us to pray over. Uh, put that in a comment as as well. Mm-hmm. Thanks for watching. Uh, we'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you.